You may not have realized it, but early this morning we hit an auspicious milestone. We experienced the coldest moment of winter so far. Now who knows if we will have a colder, coldest moment this year, but there is one thing that we do know, it will be warm again. Spring will come. Indeed, just under a hundred days from now, we will sit around our Seder tables and observe the festival marking both the exodus from Egypt and the natural rebirth that accompanies the end of winter, at least for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And there, front and center on that plate, is the symbol of the holiday, matzah. So here is a simple question with a complicated answer. Why do we eat matzah on Passover? I would call on volunteers, but this is something of a trick question. I suspect most people would say that matzah is on the Seder plate because the Israelites had to flee so quickly that their dough could not rise and become bread. And the reason we eat it is either to commemorate their struggle or remember God's miracle or celebrate our freedom. You can put whatever drosh on it you would like. You get the idea. Now, based on how I've set this up, you can suspect I'm going to tell you that you would be wrong for thinking this. But if you were thinking it, you shouldn't feel too bad. Every Passover in the Haggadah, we read the words from Rabbi Gamliel, who reminds us that the dough had no time to rise before the Holy One redeemed the Israelites. And that takes us to this week's Torah portion. We are in Parashat Bo, which ends with the Israelites eating this very matzah. But tonight, I want to focus not on the Exodus and on the ending of the parasha, but what happens before it? What happens at the beginning of this portion? The Torah portion opens with the final three plagues that befell Egypt and the Egyptians. It is here that we read what is considered to be one of the first commandments given to the Israelites by God in the entire Torah. God instructs them to create a calendar and an observance of what is to become Pesach. And one of their tasks for this observance is that for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, or matzah. But here's the thing. Actually, it's two things. The first is that God gives this commandment without any explanation regarding the significance. Later in the Torah, yes, there is explanation, but here, here where it is first mentioned, where we see matzah for the first time, it stands without any explanation whatsoever. Second, and more puzzlingly, is when this commandment is mentioned. It is not once they leave Egypt. It's not even as they are fleeing Egypt. No, they are told to plan to eat matzah in between the time of the plague of darkness and the plague of death of the firstborn. The first commandment to eat matzah comes not after the event to commemorate the Exodus, but rather before it. Put another way. The Israelites didn't end up with matzah because they were too rushed to bake their bread. They ended up with matzah because they were told specifically to make matzah. How to make sense of this? As modern and postmodern thinkers, many of us are comfortable dismissing the mystery as simply poor editing, the equivalent of a continuity error in a movie. But of course, for those Jews who view the Torah not as divinely inspired, but literally as divinely given, there can be no room for error. Instead, there must be a reason, there must be an explanation for this. But even for them, 
for Jews that view the Torah as divinely given and perfect, even for people like that, there is a relatively easy way to explain this. It is the Talmudic principle, Ein Mukdam Umuhar B'Torah. There is no earlier and there is no later in the Torah. In other words, the Torah is not chronological. Do not assume that what you read is immediately after what you read before or before what you are about to read next. This is certainly an easy explanation whenever you find yourself confused about the timing. And it's also not entirely implausible. Going back to the examples of movies, continuity errors, and another example from film, we've all seen films with flashbacks or flash forwards. In some movies, it's obvious, but in others, it's left to the viewer to try to figure it out. Perhaps, perhaps the Torah is presented the same way. That is, intentionally unclear, done so for creative or pedagogical purposes. All this to say, if a piece or of film or literature is hard to follow, it might be because it was poorly constructed, but it might also be because the author intended to create something that was challenging. If my sermon doesn't seem to make much sense, it's because I want to challenge you. Thank you. Anyway, while many commentators adhere to the principle that the Torah is not chronological, this is not a universally held assumption. There are some rather brave souls who believe otherwise and have the unenviable task of trying to explain what appear to be inconsistencies in the Torah, apparent inconsistencies, like why God tells the Israelites to eat matzah next year in remembrance of an event that hasn't happened yet. The commentator Abarbanel does just that. This is how he sees it. From his point of view, God instructs the Israelites not just to make unleavened dough, but also to bake it then and there in Egypt. But before that can happen, before they can finish, that's when the plague sweeps over, when Pharaoh tells the Israelites immediately afterwards to leave, and they have to head out, dough in hand. It's not that far-fetched, actually. The alternative, the version most of us imagine, the version I was taught, the version that I thought was obvious until this morning when I was thinking about it. But that version is that they got the word, you need to leave right now, and responded with, hold on while I make a quick loaf of bread. He might be on to something, but we're still left to wonder why. I mean, they could have just brought the flour and made bread when they got wherever it was that they thought they were going. And here's what Abarbanel has to say, that this was part of the plan. As the Israelites baked their very first matzot in their very first moments of freedom, they would have looked down at their dough. They would have seen their own handprints, or knuckle prints, I suppose. These prints that were left at a time that was both impossibly recent and impossibly distant. They would have had that surreal feeling, that, a feeling that at least I have every time I would prepare to zip up my suitcase and I would think, the next time I open this bag and see what's inside, I will be in Israel. Miracles, by definition, they happen quickly. The challenge is something that is so quick to happen can also be quick to be forgotten. There is a bit of debate on whether matzah is the bread of affliction or the bread of freedom. But in Abarbanel's view, it is quite literally both. 
It's a product created in bondage and completed in freedom. Perhaps the matzah was to connect that moment of now history to the present. And perhaps to give the Israelites a symbol that year after year would take them back in time. The matzah became a token both immediately tied to the event and reproducible for every Passover to come. So what can we learn from all of this? We live in a materialistic world, as we've all been told and as we all probably agree. And that word materialistic, it's almost always used pejoratively. But materialism, the acquisition of physical objects, I think it does have its place and it does have its value. We need physical objects. We need things we can look at, things we can hold, things we can touch and things we can taste to remember the moments that we live. The moments that happen too quick or can never be reproduced. Even if we don't find ourselves experiencing the transition from enslavement to freedom, we all have life-changing moments, transformational moments. It is worth seeking out and saving some physical reminder of those experiences. These items serve a dual purpose. They help us to remember. They also make sure that we can never forget. Just as for our people, there were times they were desperate to remember the Exodus, and there were times that they were quick to forget. May we in our lives do the same and remember our lives, the good and the bad, and find the good in all of it. Shabbat shalom, Kenya Hiratzon.